So um, we're in the Word this morning, and uh, I, I just want to carry on from last week. We were in 2 Peter chapter 3, and uh, I kind of uh, want to continue to share. I haven't got time to read it all, I don't think. Um, we're up against it. Um, but I just want to try and uh, pick out a few verses. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, and we're going to start at verse 8. It says this, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed it's coming. Wow. I'm going to leave it there today. I want to talk this morning. Last week we talked really about what it meant to be set apart for God. I was asking the question, you know, uh, Peter says, what kind of people ought we to be? Uh, as followers of Christ, as people who believe in him, actually there is, a, uh, there is a, a look that we should carry. There is a way that we should live. That we are a certain kind of people. That we are people who are created and called to live in a specific kind of way. And last week I talked about what it means to be set apart. That actually God has set us apart and called us his own. And that brings with it all kinds of uh, um, opportunities and all kinds of privileges, but also all kinds of responsibilities. Um, you know, it's great when you think what God has set us apart and called us his own and what that opens to us. It's amazing, isn't it? That we are the children of God, that we are God's people, we are called by his name, that he loves us, that he cares for us, that he's put his spirit within us, that he's promised us hope in a future. I don't know about you, but I start to get excited. And so I uh, kind of like just want us to think about that, to recognize that. My purpose in doing and speaking on this is just trying to get us to think about it. Because we live in a day and age which really wants to rob us of the sense of calling in God that we should have as the church. That, that other things become more important, that other things seem more urgent, that other things become more pressing for us. And uh, we need to recognize not that we have to do more, but that what we do is in the understanding that we're set apart for God doing it. Did you hear that? We're not asking that we should have to do lots more that makes us feel set apart. That, I don't think that's what God's asking us to do. I think God's asking us to understand that whatever we do, we're set apart in. That as we do it, as we go, as we live, as we serve, we're set apart in. And I want to pick up this morning just this second part of this verse um, that says this. Um, you ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. Wow, what a great verse. Hallelujah. You know, Christians should be the most forward-looking people on earth. Hello. We should be people who are looking forward to the day of his coming. We should be people who understand that this reality that surrounds us is passing away and that we're looking forward to the day of his coming. I don't know about you, but that's hard to do. You know, the advertisers of our world present us with a dream of what life should be like. Have you ever looked at something on telly and think, oh, I wish my life looked like that? Usually it's a beach, it's far away and or it's some gadget, or it's something, and it makes it feel as if you just have to have it. I don't know, has anybody seen the new Marmite advert? Marmite haters, Marmite lovers. See, that's me. It's not, oh, me, just two other people. I was watching too much telly over the weekend, obviously. Um, 
just, it makes you feel as if you've got to have this thing, you've got to invest in it. And the world and the dreams of the world, the aspirations of the world are to look around at what we have now and to grasp for everything we can possibly take hold of today because that promises fulfillment. And yet we all know that that's a lie. We all know that that doesn't satisfy. We all know that actually we need a greater perspective. We need something to live for that is bigger than ourselves if we really are to feel fulfilled and motivated in the life that God has given us. And so I want to take hold of this because Peter comes and he says, listen, what kind of people should you be? You need to be people who are looking forward to the coming of Jesus. You need to be people who are looking forward to what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus in the world. Somebody said last night in the Teen Challenge graduation, and it just tickled me. She said, "Um, 51 years I've served the devil. I'm looking forward to the rest of my life. I thought, come on, that's not bad, is it? What are you looking forward to? You see, we all have to have something to look forward to, don't we? I've just put my holiday to Italy next year. I'm looking forward to it. It's nice, isn't it? It's it's nice to have something to look forward to. But so often the things we look forward to are just uh, immediate or little things. And and the Bible tells us to lift up our heads and look forward to his coming. To live with a sense of the truth that Jesus is coming again. And that changes everything about today. Now, I I, I know that's hard. I know that's hard when you're stuck in the middle of, uh, you know, just grinding through life sometimes. You're having to work through it. You're busy. You're tired. Everybody's busy. Everybody's tired. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, You're overwhelmed. You're facing all kinds of situations that seem unfair you've ended up in all and in the middle of that we hear this call what kind of people ought you to be you should be people who look forward to the coming of Jesus and I want to talk a little bit about what that changes today but what that brings about in our lives see Jesus when he came into the world he says the time has come the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news he says listen look forward look at what I'm bringing look at what's going to change look at what is transforming as my kingdom is established understand it and take hold of it and that's the perspective of our faith it's not just an additional nice thing and one day we'll get to heaven Friends, it's I'm looking forward to every day walking towards his purpose for me. I'm looking forward to it. It's something that we fix our eyes on. It's something that we focus our lives on. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. Come on, that's not bad, is it? Our citizenship is in heaven, friends, and we eagerly await a savior. wonder how eager you are for the savior today. wonder what really fills your heart. See, I, I just think sometimes we've let go, we've lost it. And what kind of people would we be? We need to be people who are looking towards the savior. You know, those 12 disciples stood looking up into the sky as Jesus was taken up before them. And the, the, the uh, angel said to them, this same Jesus will come again. Man of, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking to the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go. Wow. Think about that just for a moment. It's going to be a great day, isn't it? (laughs) We used to sing the old song, the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks, eternal, bright, and fair. Man alive, Jesus comes. Friends, that's the hope of the Christian faith. That's what we're looking forward to. We're not looking forward just to getting old and being blessed. We're looking forward to meeting him and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. We're looking forward to something that's distinctive and different. And friends, this is the great hope of the faith. This is what fills our hearts and our lives. 
So what does it mean to look forward? What does it bring into our lives? Firstly, looking forward clarifies our purpose. I love that little phrase, as you look forward to the day and speed its coming. Wow. Isn't it an amazing thing that how you and I live can speed the coming of Christ? Don't you think that's amazing? How you and I live can bring about the coming of Jesus. How you and I live can speed it as we wait eagerly for it, as we live for it, as we hold on to it. And friends, it's amazing that generation after generation of believers has passed down through 2,000 years the hope that he's coming. Come on, that's not bad, is it? See, we've got to hold on to it. I don't know about you, but without that, we haven't got uh, much, friends. You know, we've got great songs and great, great community but we need a great savior who's coming to change everything we need a great savior who's coming to fulfill his promises in our lives and when we understand that when we see that our life and view it through the filter and through the lens if you like of of the coming of Christ it changes our purpose because we start to realize actually my my role here as a follower of Christ is not just to get through my role is to live for the king My purpose is to live for the king. My purpose is to do the work that he's given me to do. Friends, this is either a pivotal truth or it's irrelevant. It's a pivotal truth of the Christian faith. Paul says this in Corinthians 15, If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Isn't that an amazing thing? See, we don't often think about it, but if the second coming isn't happening, we're wasting our time, folks. But Paul says, if only in this life we are to be pitied among all things, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. And we have this incredible promise in uh, Corinthians from Paul writing, actually, this is what we long for. This is what we look forward to. And because of that, it changes everything about our lives. Paul says, therefore... He has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, when we understand his coming, it clarifies our purpose. When we understand that actually Jesus is coming again and he will bring about a new heaven and a new earth, and he will destroy what already exists and bring it to a culmination. When we really understand that, it clarifies our purpose. We don't have that freedom any longer just to please ourselves, but we have to say, actually, I'm no longer living for myself, but for those, for the one who died for me. That verse we rang there about, um, you know, um, the, the, the globe, the crimson coming onto, the, onto the, that third verse. That was amazing, wasn't it? I am dead to the globe. Wow. Man, I'm not sure I can sing that with real integrity. I understand the sentiment, man alive, but it's a big verse. Because it's saying, you know what? It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. Saying, listen, I understand that since his kingdom has come into my life, actually my purpose has changed. I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm holding out the word of life in a depraved generation that doesn't know him. Friends, it's just becoming more and more urgent, more and more challenging that we live with that sense of purpose. Can I ask you, is it, is it burning in your heart, the kingdom of God? 
See, sometimes we forget when we stop looking forward and just look around, we forget the purposes of God. Because it becomes about us. Have you ever noticed? Because we're not seeing the kingdom of God. We just see our own part. And we try and pull God into our world. And we try and pull his purpose into our purpose. But sometimes we have to say, you know what, Lord, I, I see you. I see the promise of your coming. And it, and it changes how I live today. It changes what I focus on. It changes what I take for granted. It changes everything about what I do. Remember that his purpose embraces our lives. Jesus' call to the first disciples was not simply to follow, but to become what he wanted them to be, fishers of men. And so sometimes we have to surrender to the voice of God and say, you know what, Lord, I, I, I surrender again. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves in the busyness of our lives and the focus of our lives, which becomes so strong, we have to look forward and say, you know what, Lord, this, this is bigger than me. You know, sometimes we get disappointed with God because we're just, we've reduced our world to us. And we need to look at him and see him and his purpose and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And his coming gives us purpose. Secondly, looking forward gives us strength. It talks about the heroes of faith in the book of Hebrews. It says this, by faith, Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. See, Abraham lived a life that set him apart from everybody because he could see something that they couldn't. He could see something that they couldn't. He could see that God was building eternity for his people. He could see that God was building the future for his people. He could see with eyes of faith that God had a plan to redeem uh, the, the people of the world as God had promised him. And so therefore he lived with a different mentality. He lived with a different vision. He looked beyond his own situation and circumstances and said, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take hold of your purpose for me. Looking forward gives us strength to live today despite what happens. You know, Jim Elliott, that famous uh, martyr to the uh, Central uh, American Indians uh, in the uh, late 60s, I think it was, wrote in his diary before he went to preach the gospel to people who would kill him. He said these words, he said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Wow, that's some words, isn't it? What an amazing statement. His, and, his, and his premise is, you know what, I'm looking forward to what God is giving. Uh, and even if I lose something initially, I know that I will gain what God has promised. I'm looking at what I gain. And you know, I think that's such an important thing for us to take hold of, that actually we gain by looking towards what God is going to do in and in our lives. You see, what you look at gives you strength and perseverance, or it robs you of peace because you fix your eyes on something and all of a sudden that becomes the object of your faith if you're not careful. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? And all of a sudden you find yourself looking at circumstances and everything starts to 
dash and, 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 and just be surrounded by all kinds of circumstances and, and things that are coming against you. And, and we, we just start to doubt. I was la last night at a Teen Challenge graduation. Um, there was a chap there who, who was part of the founding um, uh, group who, who founded Teen Challenge UK in 1968. He's now 74 years old, lives in Kenya, runs a home for babies who were thrown away in, in Nairobi in Kenya. Feeds 2,000 babies a day. That's amazing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that's wonderful, Dave. It's beautiful, this. Come on, it's amazing, isn't it? 74 years of old, of age. You know why? Because he sees things from a different perspective. He sees things. He sees the end. He recognized that he can't lose serving the kingdom of God. And he says, you know what? I get every day, I ask God for more strength to do what he's called me to do. Wow, what a way to live. See, because if you have a sense of vision uh, and see that God's kingdom is being fulfilled, then it strengthens you in the faith. It gives you courage to keep going. Psalmist says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart. Wait for him. Friends, what are you confident of today? What is it that is, is, is burning in your heart? You know what, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm confident I'll see your goodness poured out in my life. It might be in the difficulties of life. We get overwhelmed by it. But when you look ahead and you say, God, I know you have a plan and a purpose for me, you say, God, I'm not going to let go of it. I'm going to take hold of it, Lord. It strengthens you in your inner being. Remember the story of the spies. He told it last night. The spies who went out and walked around and saw the fruit of Canaan. And it says that a bunch of grapes were so big that they had to carry on a pole between the two of them. Anybody find a bunch like that in Little lately? Do you know what I mean? The grapes of Eskol, he called it. And it says they came back with the grapes and the fruit and the honey. And everybody was like, it's amazing. And then everybody said, but you should see the people. And their vision became filled with the problems. Friends, so often that's where we find ourselves. We're looking forward at the problems. Not at who God is. Anybody need that word this morning? We're looking forward at the problems, at the circumstances, at the constraints. It says, and they said, we seemed like grasshoppers in their eyes and in our own eyes as well. How many of you know you've lost it when, you've, when you reduce yourself to the grasshopper? Because what you're saying is, God can't do anything in me. What you're saying is, I'm totally irrelevant to this. And so what we've got to learn is, you know, Joshua and Caleb, certainly we can do it. The Lord's with us. We need that different spirit. And when you start to look forward, strength starts to rise because you realize as you look forward, you can look backwards and see that Jesus has been with you the whole way. You can start to declare confidence and faith that comes from that. See, how we see uh, and look at Jesus and his coming changes everything. Again, Hebrews, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. See, we need to be looking forward to who Jesus is and what he's promised for our lives so that we grow strong. See, when we take our eyes off Jesus, friends, when we start looking at just the stuff that goes on, I don't know about you, but it's been a bad week in the news, hasn't it? Man, everywhere, death and destruction. It does make you think, doesn't it? 
Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought we to be? Friends, we're living in these days. We are in the days when, when the word of God is being fulfilled. I don't know if Jesus is coming back tomorrow or in another 3,000 years, friends. That's not the issue. The issue is I need to look forward to his coming and say, you know what? I draw strength from the fact that I know that my Redeemer lives. I know that he's coming to take me to be with him. And I will seek to fix my eyes on him and not on the things that are going on around my life and my situation. In keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. I don't know about you, but I love it when righteousness breaks in to the world and changes people's lives. We're looking forward to a world like that. You see, when you've captured that, I, I, know, I know sometimes we just, you know, we want to preach just about all kinds of things that will make us feel better today, friends. The truth is we need to feel better about tomorrow because tomorrow is coming. We need to fix our eyes on who Jesus is and what he's done. And so we understand that uh, looking forward gives us strength for today. And then finally, looking forward guides our actions. It guides our actions. I love this. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. See, when you're looking forward to his coming, it affects how you live today. It changes your actions today. You know, you start to realize, well, you know what? If Jesus is coming, I have to live differently. If Jesus is coming, I've got to consider what I do with my life and my resources. I've got to think about how I act and what I invest in and what I commit to and what I discover and decide is the most important thing in my life. It guides our actions. His coming takes hold of who we are and what we do. The fact is that we all have limited time, treasure, and talent. Maybe you need to look at yourself in the mirror again and say that. We all have limited time, treasure, and talent. And therefore, the issue is not how we waste it, but it's how we invest it for the kingdom of God. It's how we act day by day. It's how we treat one another. It's how we walk with the Lord in his life. Paul says to Timothy, command those who are, command those who are rich to, be, to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Wow. See, looking forward tells us that this isn't all there is and that how we live here also affects how we live in eternity. Wow. There is a heaven to be gained. There is treasure in heaven for us to lay up. There is an investment of our lives today that it will affect eternity, that will lead us into the plans and purposes of God, that how we use our lives now will affect what uh, comes in our eternal life and our enjoyment of it. Hebrews 10, again, let us hold on swervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The promise of his coming becomes the focus of our faith and how we live it out day by day. 
Hebrews, he talks about three things. Hold unswervingly. We need to strengthen our faith. We need to make sure that we keep hold of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Friends, that's a challenge for us because not every day is a day of victory. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some days are days of defeat. Some days are days of having to press in and say, God, I don't know what's going on around me, but this one thing I know, Lord, I am confident of you. And I'll take hold of you. Guides our actions. It says spur one another on to love and to good deeds. You know, how do we invest our lives? The Bible tells us to do good. To do good. It's a wonderful thing when someone does good, isn't it? It's just a small act of benevolence and kindness and grace. But actually it's an eternal destiny that they're fulfilling in their lives and in their circumstances. And then it says we need to keep meeting together and encouraging one another. You know, we all need encouragement, don't we? Do you ever feel isolated as a believer? Do you ever feel nobody else really gets it? Just me. Sometimes we just really need to be an encouragement to one another. We need to meet with one another. We need to speak to one another. We need to be intentional about it. Or else what happens is we just drift and we find ourselves feeling isolated and, and bewildered and saying, God, I, I, can't, I find it hard to see you today. I tell you what, you need to go to the Teen Challenge graduation next year and just have a look at what God's doing in people's lives. And all of a sudden you start to think, you know what, God, I'm alive. You're just the best. And you start to remember what God did in your life. That God saved a wretched sinner like me. Someone who was just apathetic and lukewarm. And he reached down and set a fire in my heart. That's what Jesus is about. And so we look forward and we see him coming. And we see the promise of his return. And we say, you know what, Lord? I'll change how I live today because tomorrow I believe you're coming. And it's the most important thing. It's not one of the important things. It's the most important thing. Jesus said these words, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. He said some strong things, Jesus, didn't he? We like the, you know, we like the sayings of Jesus that are, you know, come unto me and rest. Oh, it's, it's highlighted in our Bible, isn't it? Sell your possessions and lay up treasure in heaven. That, that one may be not quite so often. Provide purses that do not wear out in eternity. He says, you know what? If you're looking forward to his coming then make sure you live today laying up treasure in heaven. That that becomes a priority for how you live. What kind of people ought we to be? What kind of people ought we to be? We should be people who are looking forward. Looking forward clarifies our purpose. Looking forward gives us strength. Looking forward guides our actions towards the purposes and the plans of God. This word on looking forward is just an important word for us today. Just to get our perspective right. Just to see that overarching our lives today as we live in this world is the promise of his kingdom.